Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis and I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? I should be asking you how the devil you're feeling after your psychotic breakdown on the Wrestle Talk Extra record yesterday. <laughs> Is the best way to describe it. Here's a tease for a patron exclusive podcast coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Are you? Oh, Do you I want to you say were, what you, happened? Sorry, I thought you were gonna like. I thought you'd set up a clip. I thought you would be like, "Here's a tease no, for the thing." I don't know I, how to I've, do clips. Well, well, You've got the rushes. <laughs> well, that's what I was surprised by. I was like, "Huh?" Oh, uh, Ollie's actually, actually Ollie spent time. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm getting word from the monkeys in the back. Play the clip, boys. So, uh, yeah, just let me get the uh, thing up from back in the day. I used to be member of this forum called the Smart Marks Forum. Let's get it up. Oh, oh, look, it's me. I made the post for TNA Sacrifice 2008, and I'm a stupid dingbat. <laughs> that was audio there from Luke Owen discovering his old wrestling forum posts from 13 years ago. Yeah, so uh, we were recording our podcast yesterday. It was—I mean, it was a really good clip that you found there. Actually, um, it did. It, it really summed it up. It was the yeah, newsbite version, pretty much. Yeah. So we were recording, and I just happened to mention that I was part of a forum at this point, and I was posting on the reg. And you said it was like, "What was it called?" And I was like, "Oh, it was the smartmarks.com. So then I went there. We found the forum, and then I was just thinking to myself, I was like. Oh, let's see if I can find the old Sacrifice 2008 <laughs> thread, because that's the show that we're talking about. I can find like what people thought about that show at the time. Maybe I'll even be able to find some of my own thoughts. Lo and behold, I started the thread for it, and I had like in-moment predictions and in-the-moment thoughts on the show as well. And it turns out, like I think that I, w- I was a, a, a dyed-in-the-wool TNA fan, like proper hardcore fan, defended them to the hilt. 
But I looking at that post there and my actual thoughts on the show, I was like, maybe I was starting to get a bit, I was starting to get a bit smarter to the whole thing and being like, huh, maybe the show isn't as good as I thought it was. Maybe the show is a bit bobbins. And I think that's reflected. I am quite sort of, I'm a bit argumentative with some people when I'm still like very much still trying to be very defensive of TNA, but I'm also very open to uh, to their faults and that. What was the one line you used to say how, you know, as a good example for how open you were to the people, other people on the forum's faults? What was that one line you used? What, where I called someone the smarkiest of all, uh, the smarkiest of the smart variety. Yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> yeah, I that one. I, did, I called someone, not a mark, a smark, which was, I, which I don't think it's used that much anymore. People don't really mm. use the word smark anymore. Because that used to be, you were a, there was a mark, but then there was the smart mark. And the smart mark, which, you know, what was the name of the, the forum was, the smart marks, those were people who, who read The Observer, who listened to Brian and Finney, had sort of like, they knew the backstage stuff. So they were marks, but they had a little bit of backstage knowledge Well, so they were smart marks. So we used to you'd call them a smark. And I'm just suddenly realizing I don't think that's a term that's used anymore. I think everyone's just a mark now because everyone pretty much knows all the backstage uh, machinations and everything. It's kind of like the old term, the internet fans, which was a term used, yeah, like used up until about 2016. Like everyone had the internet for about a decade. So technically they're all internet fans. But yeah, internet fans, smarks. Yeah, they've both been absorbed by just uh, the derogatory mark name, haven't they? Yeah, it's just like wrestling Twitter now, basically, is what people mm. sort of refer to it as. But I, I called someone the smark, at the smarkiest of uh, the smark variety or something along those lines because they were <laughs> arguing with me that Kurt Angle wasn't a proven draw. And I made the argument, TNA literally just had their biggest show ever with Kurt Angle in the main event. And he tried to argue back with me that, I think it was Lethal Lockdown that solved that show. It was people tuning in for the war games. And I was like, eh, I think we were tuning in for Joey winning the title, really, along with Kurt Angle. Uh, and then he provided a load of uh, TNA shows that Kurt Angle was the main event of that didn't draw a lot of money uh, or draw no, drew no buys, which, you know, is actual, it's, it's facts that you can't argue with. And what? And, and that's when you called him the smart, the smarkiest smart of smart uh, no, that, town. That, no, that was afterwards. And like looking at sort of like the way that I conduct myself in the post and the way that he responds to me, we have clearly had many arguments um, mm. throughout like the course of our run on the on the forum. Because like I even say like, look, you and I have never agreed on anything, but I really disagree with you on this one. Well, surprise, surprise! I've got him here today. <laughs> <laughs> No, I have done no prep for this episode. <laughs> this is just stuff that was in my head. Yeah, but it was fun uh, that this this has kind of turned into a, a handy and a happy accident. It's my new favorite mm. term, like Cesaro's bruising or Austin Gunn's blood on this episode of Dynamite. A happy accident, although Gunn appears to be quite quite badly injured. Hopefully, it's kayfabe. So not the not a happy accident, I guess. That's just a straight okay. up accident. But in Cesaro's yeah. case, yeah, just that was a that was great bruising, great superficial bruising that wouldn't hurt uh, a tough man like Cesaro. But yeah, we were we've got a new Wrestle Talk extra coming out this week, reviewing TNA Sacrifice 2008, where it isn't just us laughing at TNA and having a good old time. It also does have a lot of existential 
uh, reevaluation of our past selves because we both mm-hmm. hold this era of TNA in very high regard. It was what set one of the many things that saved us from WWE's relentless plunge towards subpar product. And it's it's bad. We're trying to work out whether or not we just got another bad show because that's the third TNA show we've done on WrestleTalk Extra now. And it was the third one that wasn't very good. And we're trying to work out now whether that's a pattern or we've just been unlucky three times. Like, because if we got locked down 08, like the month before it, when you had that Joe Angle cage match where Joe wins the title and it's like, it's heralded as like the greatest match in TNA history. Would we have thought differently? Because the one thing that I would argue that the one thing that was really missing from Sacrifice 2008 was a good wrestling match. And maybe having... Or a singles match. <laughs> maybe having one good wrestling match on a wrestling pay-per-view might have made us go like, do you know what? Really, the show wasn't all that bad overall. I text my friend Dan, who was the <laughs> Kenneman Dan, who was the guy who got me back into wrestling during this time, and I was like, TNA was bad. And he, you know, uh is is not as self-aware as I am. He is very but he he's the guy. That you, he will get angrier about something done to you than you will yourself. There's been many, many instances where I say, like, a girl's broken up with me or one of my friends, and I'll be like, oh man, that sucks. He will get so angry at that person for breaking up with you. I get, you know, maybe you're overacting, overreacting a bit here, Dan. That's the sort of beautiful guy he is, and he's like that with me, but he's also like it with TNA in the late noughties. And I said <laughs> this to him, and he was like, no, no, we used to love it. Like, you can't let the the things... He said, that, that had the great main event of Kurt, Steiner, and Joe. <laughs> and I was like, that never happened. <laughs> they, we all they think it happened. The fans. Did. <laughs> I could have sworn it happened. Did it, did it ever happen? It must have done at some point. Maybe it didn't, but we all yeah. think it because we've all got that Scott Steiner promo in our head. So we all think that it happened. But Kurt Angle was pulled from the show about an hour before it started. Do you think it's? Do you think it did happen? And we're talking Simbad. This is the alternate universe. <laughs> Chris Jericho could do a whole podcast on how there is an alternate reality out there where Scott Steiner, Kurt Angle, and Samoa Joe really did face each other. But uh, drastic, drastic go down. Drastic go down. <laughs> right. Well, let's get into this AEW show here. Hey, it was a fun one. Here's the show. We've got some tag team unhappiness again, it seems. We did actually have to check that we hadn't done this video title before, and we had about the same team. It's FTR, specifically Dax Harwood. He has tweeted that. He quits. I'm sure it's just a work, a way to drum up some heat between him and uh, AEW Tag Division. But we'll dive into that very shortly. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Cohen. And today's episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast is sponsored by Wrestling GM. There's a little logo there. Mm. And there's a link there. 
Indeed, there is. There's a video description. Sorry, there's a link in the video description and the podcast description. Go and give that a little click. I've actually had a several messages from people since we started advertising this last week on the Raw Show saying that they downloaded it and they absolutely love it. If you're like me, if you're a grumpy old man, you will have likely played EWR back in the day of, uh, you know, oh, it's Premier Manager, but actually about something interesting in terms of wrestling. So I don't want to do silly football stuff. I want to do wrestling stuff. It's like that and you get to manage shows get put on shows book angles book matches book feuds build your championships up build feuds it's so much fun we're going to be playing a little bit of it later on in today's show because i've now fixed the technical issue that i had last week when i was trying to do this you're welcome oh fixed let's see what happens live brother uh but yes let's talk about the tag division in aew because that's what the the show was mostly structured around i'd argue we got two tag matches uh the main event was a tag match between the bucks and the varsity blondes uh moxley and kingston ran in at the end and beat the bucks down and stole their expensive trainers they're gonna be fighting at double or nothing next sunday but missing on all of this is FTR, who just like never seem to get a tag match these days. And it has prompted uh, Uncle Dax, as his Twitter handle is now, to tweet, every team has gotten a tag team title shot except us. We've been ranked in the top five since we dropped the belts to the execs. That's the Young Bucks. If Mox and Kingston jump us in line two, I'll quit the biz. And then an hour later, when that match was made, I quit. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, they're a bit busy at the moment. They've had some other stuff on their plate, you know, like I would argue sort of since February or so time, they've been a bit more busy hanging out with MJF and the pinnacle. But I think the argument could be made that, yeah, they haven't had like a tag title shot since November last year, which was fair a while ago now. And they are consistently one of the best tag teams. And actually, I can't even think the last time they had a tag team match on Dynamite. Yeah, no, I can't either. And I've got to be honest, like, I fully expect the Bucks to retain a double or nothing against Kingston and Moxley. The Bucks are heels, like huge heels now. And a Bucks, a heel Bucks versus heel FTR. I mean, they weirdly tried to book that last year, realized it was a bad idea and turned Bucks fully babyface in the match. But that was at a full gear, wasn't it? So I can't see heel bucks turning anytime soon and thus not having a proper championship feud and title shot with FTR. I just also want to make this quite clear. We're, we're aware it's a work, uh, everyone. We, we all, we, we're, we're very aware it's a work. It's just it's drumming up conversation is what we're doing. But we're very as a few people be like, guys, you know, this is a, you know, it's a work, right? Hey, it's a shoot work. I'm sure <laughs> it's a, I'm sure it's a work. I am also sure they want to fight for the tag team titles. They're proud boys. Well, they are very proud boys. Well, not those kind of proud boys. Though. Oh, yeah. But they yeah, are like... Yeah. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh, crikey. <laughs> the one you released from NXT as well. Um, we are... Uh, like, they are very proud of tag team wrestling. And, I, you know, they do want to be tag team wrestlers. They want to be at the top of the tag team division. But I am... Um, I mean, I, I think we all saw the writing on the wall, uh, you know, very much once the Bucks won the belts and they started this whole like 
it looked like Moxie was not going to be going after Omega again for the belts at double or nothing. I think we all saw the writing on the wall that it would be Moxley and Kingston versus the Young Bucks at double or nothing. And I got to be honest, like it's probably the match I'm most excited for on the double or nothing card. Certainly isn't Cody's match. It's uh, and I think it's I'm really really into. I love Moxley and, and Kingston as a tag team. And you were like that you were pretty sure that the Bucks will retain. But I'd kind of like to see Mox and Kingsley, uh, sorry, Moxley and Kingston win. What, and have uh, a Mox Kingston FTR feud afterwards? I mean, Ooh, I, I thought really fun. we all thought Gallows and Anderson would win the Impact Tag Team titles back, but they didn't go in that direction. I thought the the idea was to put all the gold on all of the elite, but um, yeah, we're, we're actually just getting all the gold on on all the Kenny. So maybe, I, I just think, you know, like, Renee is pregnant, the baby's on the way, we all figured that the exploding barbed wire death match was the way to write Moxie off of TV, and he was brought back, and I think these are an extra couple of months just to sort of ride that that uh, botch out, really. So I, I'd, I'd imagine after this, he, he takes a break from wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, maybe he, I don't know, like, I... Would expect that, yeah. I mean, like I was saying, like, I would love to see Moxie Kingston win. I think the Bucks will win, but I would mm. love to see because I'm really into them as a tag team. They had a squash match on, was it February 17th? There you go. Was yeah, the last so this is from that, uh, FTR from Berkey there against the Seidel brothers. So that's you know, four months ago, five, yeah, three like months Dax ago. Has had a Dax had a few singles matches, hasn't he? Because he um, had that one with Jungle Boy, and I think he had another one after that as well. Was it against Jericho or something? Um, there you go, Andy Datsun, mm. busy as usual uh, in the chat to let us know that Renee is due mid-June. So it's actually not that far away. I mean, it's only what? It's like, well, yeah, it's only a few weeks away. Mm. Uh, so you would imagine then, probably not going to be winning the tag titles anytime soon, unless, of course, he's just going to take a month off with the tag straps, you know, and just take them away from TV for a bit. But I think the money is in the Bucks retaining, really, and staying on as those heel champions and finding that babyface team to be the ones to dethrone them. Well, the way the tag division story played out on this episode of Dynamite was that we got uh, a really fun match of Kingston and Moxley going up against the Acclaimed. The idea is they want to make a dent on the tag division. They're two singles guys. So let's get these tag match reps under our belts in the like 10 days before Double or Nothing. Uh, in fairness to them, in fairness to them, they've had a lot of tag matches on Dark and Dark Elevation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, you wouldn't know that because they don't show that sort of stuff on Dynamite. Should, and like <laughs> we were joking about this last week that the um the, being the elite put out that video where it's like it should have been on Dynamite as a way to sort of like work Meltzer and stuff. But I mean, in fairness, it should have been yeah, on Dynamite. Should, yeah, should, should have been <laughs> on Dynamite. Um, the Kingston Mox versus Acclaimed match I thought was really good. I liked how Moxley, what what you know, while Kingston and Moxley could probably beat. That definitely beat uh, the acclaimed individually. There was a bit of tag team intrigue because Moxley, quite a few times, just found himself in the opposition's corner, and they got to work him over after that hot tag. But ultimately, uh, Kingston and Moxley won. But it's everyone's talking about the acclaimed's rap to come out. Good God, they have become. Remember when they started, and I was like, eh. yeah, I don't know about this. The last couple of months, probably a little bit longer, actually. They're one of my favorite things on the show. I really look forward to their raps. 
Yeah, I, I think it was SP3 tweeted out when um, the acclaimed got signed. I think it was SP3 tweeted that like the world is about to see how great this tag team is. And I thought about that tweet when you were like, yeah, I think it's perfectly fine. And I was like, oh, maybe I know. I, I, SP3 is a guy that I very much trust in his opinion. I'm going to let's hold him see. And now we're at that period of time. I was like, oh, yeah, it turns out once again, he was very much right. I've got the line that everyone is talking about, though. It's the line he used at the end of this when he said to John Moxley, call your girl. She's all in my mentions trying to hit me up for some oral sessions. The crowd like, Oh, and then <laughs> Anthony Bowen just goes, what? She really wants us on the podcast. Very, very good. Really, really popped me. And, and did you see Moxley put his hands over Kingston's ears when he said that line? Like, no, 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 no. This is too, too rude for you, Eddie Kingston, scariest man in the, in the AW. Uh, and then the main event was the Young Bucks taking on the Varsity Blondes. Now, this was a good match. Of course it was. Varsity Blondes had a great promo earlier on. Really good promo, actually. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. talking about how his father was the force that actually kept him away from wrestling. You know, that tragic story there. But it was the Young Bucks that got him and Griff Garrison into wrestling. And now look at them. They've turned heel. They're like these horrible people. They're going to get their revenge or whatever. Really fun match. Um, Bucks cheated to win with the cold spray. And Mox and Kingston beat them down afterwards. I guess my, my, it's not. So weirdly, AEW, and I've said it loads, since about mid-November last year, have had the best run, most consistent run of weekly wrestling TV I've ever seen. And it lasted until the moment that NXT moved to Tuesday nights. And I'm not <laughs> saying AEW is bad at all. It's still by far my favorite wrestling show to watch. I'm still getting the Khan coin, but like that something happened on that week where AEW, and this is great, you know, they're focusing on younger talent. They're giving guys the TNT title main events to get over Derby and get over his opponents. They're focusing on the Varsity Blondes in this main event here. But I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like they've, they've taken back a gear. I, I don't think it's since NXT. I think it's since um, uh, Blood and Guts. Like, I think the last two weeks have uh, have been, like, okay. Like, pretty good. Solid wrestling television, I, I'd say, is what it is. But, like, I, I really enjoyed the, the build-up to Blood and Guts. I think that was, that was some really, really good stuff on those shows. And, you know, I enjoyed the Blood and Guts show itself as well. I, I would say that since then, I think it was where it feels like they've taken the foot off the gas a little bit, which is weird because there's a pay-per-view next week. Um, so maybe we'll see like what happens on the other side of Double or Nothing and kind of see what that landscape is like because you know they're going to be touring again very soon. Maybe they're now back in that mode again, like they were at the start of the pandemic where they were like, well, we don't want to do too mm. much here because we want to wait until fans are back in the arena. And they held off and they held off and they held off. And toward Tony Khan was like, I don't think we're going back anytime soon. So we're going to have to start pulling some triggers before we can like, you know, and actually get some of these angles going. And yeah, so I wonder if it's a case of just, we, we're going to be back in front of fans, like as of June, July. So let's, let's wait until we're back in front of fans. Then we can go and start really like pulling out the big guns again. You might be onto something there because it's not just the pandemic end in sight or the lockdown end in sight, uh, fans in attendance, but the NBA playoffs are happening right now. 
and by all accounts, this week's rating isn't going to be very high at all. So, like, if if AEW do a low number in the ratings that Brian Alvarez tweets out tonight, hopefully that's it's you know it's there's a reason for it. And for the next two to three weeks, AEW is having to move to Fridays. A, a, a mm-hmm. fact that they didn't really push as much as I think they should have. Uh, so I think by circumstance, the next month potentially it's kind of a holding period where they can't really progress much even and it's yeah. it's awkward because you've got this huge double or nothing pay-per-view in the middle of it uh, just as a bit of housekeeping for that because it's going to move to friday's 10 p.m me and luke aren't going to do the uh the dynamite reviews while that's happening so we'll do next week's predictions in place of this show for double or nothing but then after that uh yeah we we'll wait till it comes back onto wednesdays which will be a in June time. Yeah, we essentially get a week off, I think, because I think there's two weeks worth on a Friday. Yeah, Yeah, it's two weeks worth on a Friday. So we're back, like, two weeks of uh, of no AEW Dynamite reviews. But as I said, we'll do the prediction show next week. I felt like as well, just go back to this show itself and this main event tag match of the Vastu Bloods and the Young Bucks. I think you might, like, you skipped over. So, like, you just said, ah, the Young Bucks cheated. So it's slightly more complex than that, just to run you through, because good crikey, I had to take a lot of notes. I had to pause because I had to take so many notes. So Matt had Brian Pillman Jr. in the sharpshooter. Nick hands uh, Nick then sprays Brian Pillman Jr. in the face with the cold spray. Griff Garrison then breaks that up. Nick Jackson then takes out uh, Griff Garrison and he feigns a knee injury. They then try to get the cold spray back in so they can spray Brian Pillman or hit him with the thing or something. Julia Hart, who is now part of this uh, part of this uh, group, gets on the ring and distracts Matt Jackson, who then sprays her in the face with the cold spray. That's, uh, let me just grab my notes here, that distracts the referee for the third cold spray to be thrown in, uh, which Matt, uh... no, 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 did I get this wrong? Yeah, they threw the second one in. Julie Hart distracted the ref. Then they sprayed her in the face. Then they get the sharpshooter again on, on Brian Pillman Jr. Nick Jackson does the X-Factor um, combination on that. And then there's a moonsault onto the floor to Griff Garrison. And then Brian Pillman taps. Wonderfully, wonderfully overbooked. Yeah. Well, that's that's the whole Young Bucks' heel shtick, isn't it? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's see yeah. what you guys think. Uh, the the mod mother has put a, a sort of majority take for the tag team unhappiness opening topic. Guys, did you know it's a work? And that mm. is with the letters capitalized and lowercased. Uh, no, again, I maintain this is 100% a shoot. Uh, Matthew McFadden. This might sound weird, but I think Miro's promos are even better due to the fact English isn't his first language. The occasional stumble with wording makes him sound even more unhinged. Also, Max Caster calling John Mix, uh, John Moxley lunatic cringe too good. Uh, even if English was his first language like mine, I, I can't speak it properly. Gabriel Caruso. Miro's promos the past few weeks have had me on my feet clapping and yelling, that's how it's done in my living room. Such a believable badass. Archer is a great promo too. Really excited for their match at Double or Nothing. Creative freedom rules. New Punk rants. I know it can't happen, but I want Miro Day. I didn't even care that's a WWE thing. He's the best. Velvet Deep made me tear up. Deep has Bret Hart vibes. A go-go is a face at Double or Nothing. No one is going to boo him. MJF is promo of the year. AEW is the best. Hashtag Tony Khan is the GOAT. New Punk Rants, you really are undervaluing how much Americans love America. As soon as he comes out in the red, white, and blue, and the national anthem plays, and he's got the flags, America is going to be like, God, this country rules. We're, we're, we are the best. You boo this British man. Even though you know, Cody has solved racism, even though he's also fighting someone from a mixed background. Yeah, America. Yeah, never, never count out how uh, being being proud of being British makes me weirdly embarrassed sometimes. And I think most, oh, but that's like so a British loud. feeling. Yeah, like ooh, we don't we don't want to make a big deal out of it. Thanks. Not really. So th those I'm, two I'm those two combinations. I'm incredibly unpatriotic for that very reason. Like if I drove past someone's house and they got the like a European flag outside their house, I'm like, oh, makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Actually, they, they're, they're probably lovely people, but. Ooh, I don't want to be patriotic, thanks. You just said a European flag. Uh, sorry, a Union Jack is where I went. I, mm. no, no, I need to get this right. Because Union Jack is not... Flag. I was going to say, <laughs> thank you very much. I knew you would be the person. It'd either be you or Datsun to be the person. Be like, oh, I think you'll find, actually. Well, 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 I don't think their house is at sea, Luke, which would make <laughs> it a Union Jack. The Portuguese Mr. Davis. Hi, lads. I thought this was a solid show. Love the Mox and Kingston promo. In-ring wrestling was great as usual. Overall, a low four out of five. Can't say enough about how much you guys have helped me through these times. Love you all so much. 
Thank you, uh, Portuguese, Mr. Davis. Charles Berg, Moxley just needs glasses with no lenses to complete the transformation. Kath, what, what's that mean? Glasses, no lenses? Moxley? Why does he need that? I, I mean, I, well, that would suggest that he is a hipster. Would you say that John Moxley is a hipster? No. He's, a, he's, like a, he's what hipsters want to be. Caster uh, <laughs> cool. is like Cena before him, has the best insults in regards to poor of you. If the photos are creating an inconvenience for you, I'll stop sending them in. Sorry if I caused trouble. No, I was messing. No, Charles. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing Send in the you. doggies. Send in the doggies for me to roast. <laughs> Uh, C18. They used the correct version of Wild Thing for Mox last night. The 80s cover by X, which Tony it's Khan has gone on. Go on. Yeah, Tony Khan's talked about that. It's the from the film Major League, which uh, but the, apparently last week's match against Nagata was a surprise. Moxie didn't know he was going to have the Wild Thing music. Really? Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, well, that's yeah, very yeah. lovely. Yeah, I mean, funny enough, actually, like the the X thing is what a lot of people said yesterday because of you know league, you know major league and all that sort of stuff. And I, it works so <laughs> much better, so much better. And finally, for now, genetic ghost Eddie and Mox are a great parallel to the Bucks. They worked out their issues with each other and became better friends. The Bucks have never confronted their real issues with Kenny from 2018, and that's what's harming their relationship even now. Beautiful reading, genetic ghost. I love that very much. Um, shall we say thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Wrestling GM? Indeed. Mm. Oh, hold on. Wait just right there. Uh oh, here comes the production. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. He got that's, it working. That's a live feed of Luke's phone. Look at Indeed that. Indeed it is, yeah. So here is how this works. So I've currently booked, uh, your shows have got to be 90 minutes in length. Uh, I've currently, you've got to have two matches and one angle required. I've already booked something for 29 minutes. So if I add a segment, I'm going to do, what would you like? Do you want a, do you want a triple threat? Yeah, it's a triple themed. threat match. Yeah, I'll do a triple threat. Do you want a, a normal? Do you want a, a stipulation on there? Should we do it as a cage match? Yeah, or no ladder. You know I like a ladder. Oh, I've, I've already got a ladder match on this show, so I'm going to do it as a cage match, I'm afraid. Uh, and then you've got uh, your various, like, you know, your three people here. You can feed that down. <laughs> Are you trying to get notifications to come up on my phone? Because you're Maybe. texting me. <laughs> I, t I have notifications turned off on my phone, mates. So that was never going to Damn work. it. How did you know that? What, you I've would, WhatsApp um, to you, listen, hey Luke, oh, a few times. Yeah, yeah, because it, I've got notifications on my desktop. Um, mm -hmm. So I can do this by face. So I'm going to put Grundy in this match, then side B. Uh, let's put a main oh, event. Bash in Wagner. Uh, Bash Wagner, you want? I love the oh. name Bash Wagner. Bash, Bash Wagner. Wagner. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Well, let's do a main event male. Let's put. Hercules Herman in the match, and oh, no, good no, luck. And on side three, we'll do uh, a mid card heel, and we'll put in Dan Brickhouse. <laughs> um, a lot of fans. Dan Brickhouse is on. I'm going to have that win there. He was going to go out via submission, and that's going to go for 24 minutes complete. Oh, and that's now that's added to my long. show. Uh, and then you can add segments. You could do an angle. I could do a backstage attack um, with one-on-one -on -one, between Bash Wagner and Bash Wagner's all over this show. 
He's my he's my guy. And you book that for like nine minutes. And then basically you just keep on doing that. And sometimes you fill out your show. You can start your feuds. You can change who wins the titles. It's a really, really fun way to like book a wrestling show. Bearing in mind as well, I've taken over a British division here as well, a British promotion. So yeah, hmm. good stuff. Wrestling GM, links for it in the video description down below. I'm a big, big fan of this. It's, it's a good, like a good way to, to fill some time while you're waiting for other things to happen. And I yeah, and that's what video and that's what mobile games should do find a way to distract you from boring normal life or watching raw yeah i i you know my bathroom is so boring and i yeah. go to the toilet a lot and i'm like yeah. what am i gonna do while i'm just sitting here doing nothing and wrestling gm there it is <laughs> so link in the video description below please uh go over there and help support the wonderful sponsors it needs women so it's, it's got Carol. women it's got it has women. women on there yeah but luke doesn't book them that's Luke's <laughs> fault. Uh, right, mm -hmm. so this episode of AEW Dynamite started off with Matt Seidel versus Christian Cage in a just... I love watching Christian Cage wrestle. It's nothing spectacular, but everything feels like really desperate for him. He really does feel like Logan. You know, it's his grizzled face come out for one last run. And it's just got this, there's not the like the threat of retiring hanging over him, but it is like the threat of a legacy coming to an end. And mm -hmm. I just think it adds such a layer of drama to everything. And he got the win with the kill switch here. I, I loved it. I just really like watching him wrestle. Yeah, I, I thought that Moxley and Kingston versus the Acclaims was my favorite thing on the show, but kind of looking back on it, I really enjoyed this Christian Cage match and the story that they're telling with him. I thought it was, a, it was really, really good stuff, particularly because Taz adds so much on commentary. Because Taz is wonderful on commentary when he is just burying people that he doesn't like. I never liked Christian. <laughs> He's an idiot. He's a dog. I never liked that guy. And he was brilliant as well. And... <laughs> And then the rest of Team Taz comes out. Well, Ricky Starks comes out first. And like I was like, oh, Ricky Starks, because he's massively injured at the moment. Mm. Right? And I was like, oh, this is cool. The Ricky still gets to be in something. And the rest of Team Taz, no seemingly infighting with them anymore, I guess, because you can't do the uh, Brian Cage-Ricky Starks match. Go on. But there are the seeds still. It's just very subtle. Uh, at the end, after the, the beatdown angle, Powerhouse Hobbs kind of bumped shoulders with Brian Cage, and Cage gave him a shifty look. Mm, okay fair enough i missed that i missed out on that subtlety mm -hmm. AEW being too subtle for this dumb guy and um they beat up uh, hangman page then comes out does a literal hold my beer segment with him runs down to make the save uh, and then in the end it was like hook gets in and chop blocks um hangman page down so the brian cage can lay him out with the power bomb because they're having a match at double or nothing Big, big fan of this. Multiple spinning plates, lots of storylines all going on and merging into one to build the Battle Royal. <laughs> I was a fan of this. Uh, after that, we got the Vasty Blondes promo, which was really good. Uh, Griff Garrison, by the way, someone who really was just brought into AEW, it seems, to to be a lookalike of Jungle Boy for one comedy bit. But, I, you know, I, it seems like he just worked hard enough kept himself around, made himself useful, kept on bringing his gear. And look where he is now. He's main eventing the show. So but just I was happy for the guy. 
Yeah, really happy. And it was nice to have Julia Hart there with them as well, because she became part of their act on Dark or Dark Elevation, whichever one of the shows that uh, whichever one of the shows it was. So it was nice to kind of like introduce her to the sort of like wider uh, audience there. It's a good job I don't have notifications on my phone, by the way, because my wife has just texted me. I really love you and I fancy you a lot. So which would have been that's, quite the embarrassment. That's why I was texting you. <laughs> because it's opposite day. Take that. Uh, we got Kingston and Mox versus the acclaimed after that, which was really funny and fun. Uh, Marvez goes to interview Chris Jericho backstage, who's got his broken arm, and Dean Malenko. Yeah, a reference to the man of a thousand and four holds. Oh, love all of this. This is great. So love seeing Dean there. Of course, he's a producer, agent backstage in AEW. Um, now we, this was sort of the first thing where I was like, ah, I'm a bit bored now. So Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are doing an in-ring promo with Tony Schiavone. And they're talking about how they beat up Sting and Darby last week or the week before, which cost Darby the title eventually. Darby and Sting run out, beat them up, get uh, Sky in the Scorpion Deathlock, and then they escape and they're kind of chased off by the Dark Order as well. I'm not into this. I think uh, Denise Salcedo put it best, where she was like, Sting is the politest wrestler. She <laughs> let Ethan, He let Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky finish their promos when no one lets him finish his. But he was like, no, I'm going to give those kids their time. I'm going to give them their mic time. Then I'm going to go out there and beat them up. So, you know, props to Sting for that. What a, a nice nice guy to let the younger talent get themselves over. thought this was perfectly fine. We uh, the, the big thing out of this is that Sting is going to have a live wrestling matches first in six years in front of fans it's not going to be like we're very clear this is not a cinematic match this will be an in-ring match so i think that's quite cool yeah yeah i just what sky and page brilliant uh individually um i just don't don't feel it you know like they haven't done i don't know what they can do to make me into them mm-hmm yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, like they've been on TV a lot as well, like attacking mm. Sting and attacking Derby. But always but running it, away. Yeah. And so maybe like maybe that's it. I, I wonder if they're gonna do like a big beatdown angle next week to try and put some heat mm. onto them before the uh, the go like uh, on the go home show. I'm also I I'm excited about Sting wrestling in front of a crowd, of course, but Derby and Sting together tagging, it just like it puts me back into the never-ending four-month feud with Team Taz. I just, I was kind of really getting into Derby again as a singles guy. And I didn't, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I wasn't into this at all. I'll tell you why it also doesn't massively work either. It's because they were like, oh, well, D Derby was one of the reasons that he lost to Miro last week. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't really put Miro over much. Like Miro won because he's the best and he's the best man. Mm. He didn't, Miro didn't win because Paige and Sky interfered. Miro won because he was dominating, and he and he absolutely dominated him. So it's, it doesn't doesn't really work on a lot of fact on, on a lot of levels. Uh, then we got the pinnacle in a restaurant, which was a really cool new way to see them. They're all having this meal and they're drinking their wine. FTR looks so cool drinking wine, don't they? Uh, okay, yeah. Wardlow, Wardlow like starts the segment downing a bottle of wine and then puts it down and goes another. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I'll have another two, please. MJF cuts a promo. Guy comes over to serve more wine. Spears gets, 
I, it was cool what he was going for, like the unhinged, psychotic Sean Spears. But I don't think it worked here. And he sort of slammed down the waiter's head for not pouring his drink fast enough. And then Tully pretty coolly chucked him a wad of money, the waiter, to, to like some hush-hush money. But yeah, I enjoyed this all, but I, I thought Sean's bit was a bit of a misfire. My two notes I had from this, A, I very much enjoyed um, someone going onto YouTube, typing in restaurant SFX, pressing enter, right-clicking the link from that, and then going into like a YouTube audio <laughs> downloader and downloading that to put that underneath to make it sound like it was a busy restaurant. Uh, you know, appreciate the effort that was put into it. And um, <laughs> go on. It's how we do ours. <laughs> No. Yeah, no, but we're not a billion dollar company. Uh, and um, the other thing as well is that the wine that they were drinking uh, looked like it was rosé wine. Uh, it was very, very light in colour. It didn't look like very full bodied, not the sort of wine that I would expect FTR to be drinking. I would, I would have thought for them to be going for something a bit more richer be the, the wine I would expect out of them. It looks like they were drinking squash that I'm currently drinking now. You saying it's you saying it was working wine? I think it might like like his tweet. I think you it think was working well. Work? <laughs> I don't know. Come on. Uh, <laughs> after that, we got uh, Rebel versus Sheeda, which, you know, we're we're two episodes away, this episode included, from the Sheeda versus Britt Baker match at Double or Nothing. And this is another feud where I'm like, well, I, I, this, this, should, this should be better by this point. And, I, I, you know, when you look at the people involved, you're like, well, yeah, Sheeda should go through Rebel at some point. It's an easy squash match. She's Britt Baker's goon, so it all works. But I just, there's an element of goofiness to Baker's character that I very much enjoy. But sometimes I think you have to park that to one side and go like, like they did with the Rosa match, you know, here's the serious part. And I feel like we needed the serious part, but this was more goofy. They had kind of like, I feel like they had the right idea in this as well. Like it felt like the, like the finish of this that they kind of teased, I thought was going to be really cool as well because this match only needs to go like less than a minute. And it went slightly over a minute. So it might have gone a bit longer than it probably needed to because there was like interference spots that I don't think were in it. Like this needed literally, like she to just knock her out and, and either tap her out or whatever it was. She tapped her out with the stretch muffler. But she set herself up to do the lockjaw. So I thought like, oh, the finish is going to be Sheeda is going to tap out Reba with Britt Baker's own finish. But in the end, like they did a distraction thing and then they never went back to that. And she just tapped her out with a stretch muffler instead. It's almost like 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 it was right there. Like, mm -hmm. why didn't you just why didn't you just do it? And then you could have like really put that over as something instead of just doing a distraction and making the match go for another 45 seconds and then tap her out with a different move. I mean, because like Baker in the end, like does like the curb stomp onto the title and holds up, which was a cool like visual to end on. Just the match felt a bit like, I don't know, a bit choppy. And I, I wasn't mm. kind of like, but they had like all the right elements in place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, a bit of a bit of a misfire. Um, but after that, I thought we got a great segment, which was this was filmed like, I don't know if it was filmed from last week, but. The idea was that it was last week. It's Orange Cassidy in the trainer's room. He's recovering after being knocked out by Pac in that match. And Kenny Omega and Don Callis walk in and are like, hey, Cassidy, you don't you don't want to fight Kenny. You might injure yourself even more. That You can have a future title shot, but not in a three-way. So here's a contract. Don't worry, it will guarantee you a later title shot down the line, but not, not at double or nothing as part of this three-way. And Cassidy just 
slowly tears it, just like the slowest tear in two. And Kenny and Don are just looking at it. And Kenny, Kenny says, you didn't even read it. <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it really broke me. I thought that was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. And then, but like, I, 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 Meg is, you know, getting serious after that being like, you know, hey, that power bomb, you couldn't have seen it coming. It really, really hurt you. But can you imagine what will happen if I have you up on my shoulders and I drop you down with a one winged mm -hmm. angel? Could end your career. Lucky for you, we printed two versions of the contract. So we'll leave this one with you. You know, we'll give you a week to think about it. For me, like this whole thing, like really worked and I very much enjoyed this. But it started to make me feel like Pac is the afterthought of this match. Like this is a feud between Omega and Cassidy that Pac is a part of, as opposed to it as a being a three-way feud. Yeah, and it's another one. This is the main event, presumably. It's the championship match at Double or Nothing. I don't think it will I be. Don't, I don't feel like it's particularly firing yet. No, I don't think it's going to be the main event. I mean, if anything, the Stadium yeah. Stampede will be the main event. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's not Stadium <laughs> Stampede, then I think it'll be the tag match. But I certainly don't think it'll be this. Well, let's talk about the Stadium Stampede, because after that, we got the... Oh, by the way, we'll have Cassidy's answer next week, which, again, isn't really a, a cool hook. AW much better at these cliffhangers normally where i'm like oh what's gonna happen but this is like oh cassidy's totally gonna say no i will fight you in the triple threat <laughs> uh but here we had inner circle come out jericho ortiz hager and sammy because santana is still out but hopefully we'll be back next week and they cut a promo they all got a chance to speak and they're like we're gonna we're gonna have the stadium stampede next week, uh, a double or nothing. Because if we can't beat you, we don't deserve to be together anymore. And we, Jericho said, we will dance all over their faces and piss on your grave. And they kept on repeating, "You will have to kill us to 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 beat us." Yeah, I I, I like this promo. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I um I, I think I'm a little bit tight. Like Jericho is always out uh, like out like at the top of the hour. You're going to get a Jericho segment. That mm. kind of feels like that's the formula for, for Dynamite at the moment. And it's often times where I'm like, eh, I don't think this needs to be in front of the crowds. Like, we probably could have done something else here. But it was a good promo. You know, it's, it's a decent promo, but I don't know if it like got me more invested in Stadium Stampede than last week's segment. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I think it's just, I'm down on this feud now since Blood and Guts because I feel like that should have been this big crescendo. And it was just sort of a stepping stone. Yeah, I totally agree. I think... Blood and Guts was the climax there. And, I, I, you know, I fully expect it not to be a goofy thing. I think they'll do a serious stadium stampede by the way the feud's been presented. But it's just like the only stadium stampede we have been given so far is an out-and-out -out comedy match. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, I just... what Blood and Guts was the one to end this feud on. So it's just totally. a... I, it's fine. It's fine. But, I, you know, I, I just feel and we've said it from the start. I just feel like this feud's been told out of order, starting I with agree. blood and guts and then having matches after that. Surely that's the end point. And I, and I think it's going to go on until all out because like, I still think mm. that the end goal of this is MJF versus Jericho in a singles, which you would extend out to another pay-per-view unless you do it as like a pay-per-view, like a, a special episode of Dynamite or something. I also think, and we said this last week, but Jericho in his promo was saying that he'll never be the same again after the Blood and Guts match. And, you know, he delivers these lines really well. There's nothing else he could have done on this episode. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't believe it because he was only gone a week. 
You know, he's got he's got a broken arm. That's it. I, I just yeah. I, I don't buy any of this, unfortunately. And they keep saying, and I imagine it is to get over the seriousness of this stipulation. Yeah, you will have to kill us. So do you think that's gonna have a big there's there's gonna be a not a death spot, but some kind of even bigger injury redo for Jericho falling off something tall. So, I mean, do you think the Pinnacle are winning? Do you think they're going to break up in a circle? I, th I think they have to. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't want the Pinnacle to lose. I think the inner circle would probably benefit from breaking up. I think it's yeah. I I, I got my feeling is that the inner circle win this one. Hmm. And I really like the idea that the finale of this is Jericho MGF singles match with Jericho's career on the line. And maybe that is Jericho's retirement match. But like, is Jericho ready to retire? That's the other thing. Maybe we're like, are we all just like on this train of thinking it's a retirement match when actually there's he's nowhere near a retirement match? Mm -hmm. uh, after that, we had Jade Cargill telling, um, what's his name, Mark Sterling? The, he yeah. was the lawyer in the MJF Jericho feud. No, MJF. Moxley feud last year, mm -hmm. just to go away. Uh, she's still, people are trying to court her to represent her. And then we had my favorite match of the night Serena Deeb versus Red Velvet. I thought this was excellent. And I, well, you know, I didn't start at like, I, you know, it started. I was like, cool, this, this is a match. By the end, on the edge of my seat, I thought Deeb worked slightly heelish, worked really, really well, um, and just kept it. It was just so simple work over the leg, kept working over the leg, working over the leg and made her tap in the end. Yeah, I really like the finish of this, where like Red Velvet escaped out of Serena Deep's mm. submission and then went to run the ropes, and Deep just ran with her and just chopped her down, started smashing down the knee to lock it in again. I thought it was a really, really cool finish. This is, um like, Deep has not been wrestled, like, she hasn't wrestled for ages because she's been out with an injury. It's like her first back in, like, three, her first match back in, like, three months or something. Um, But yeah, like, I, I really, really enjoyed this. That dragon screw through the uh, the ropes was really wicked. So that was awesome. Um, Yeah, I mean, my, my biggest night I had from this was two women's matches on the <laughs> same show. That's insane. Come on, man, the... uh. The Rebel one was two minutes at best. <laughs> uh, we got a pack promo. Didn't really say anything new. Uh, then we had Austin and Gunn versus Anthony and Gogo as part of the Nightmare Family versus Factory feud, which will be a Gogo versus Cody Rhodes at Double or Nothing. Uh, Gunn started off really fast, and but it just led to one a Gogo gut punch, two a Gogo gut punch, throwing him up, three a Gogo gut punch, and the referee called it off fire stoppage. That pop-up punch is such a better finish than the gut punch. Mm. It's such a better finish. It looks like it is, wrestling is a visual thing. And the gut punch, I don't think he's getting over as much as they think it might have done. But the pop-up version of it, I think the pop-up version works so much better per from a mm. personal standpoint. I think the pop-up yeah. version looks way better. And what I did like about this was like, as soon as the match was over and uh, like, you know, Cody gets into the ring, takes the American flag with him because uh, America and all that America and like Anthony Gogo grabs and he's like, Oh, what America? I want a flag. Is it? Oh, I thought we were British and oh, governor. <laughs> what the only what I did like about this is referees just like piling out of the locker and to be like, we need to officiate this. We need to make sure these two don't clash because now is not the time for them to be clashing. That's for the pay per view. They've got the weigh in next week. So there's elements of this I like, but man alive, I could not care about this feud whatsoever. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm a simple base creature. 
I get that nobody else likes it. But surely there's <laughs> something everybody has that they that they like and nobody else does. This is yeah. it for me. I, I could lie. I could lie and sit and, and crap on it and, and get the likes and the easy thumbs like Lucas. <laughs> but I'm not going to. Yeah. Uh, we got an interview with Kaz and Daniels backstage after their uh, breakup. Not breakup, you know, they're forced to break up. In the Bucks match last week, and Marvez asked if this is Daniel's retirement. He's still, you know, he's giving every indication that this is the retirement, but he's not explicitly saying it. He did a not sort saying. of lost in translation whisper into Kaz's ear and walked off. And Kaz cut a, a very good revenge promo. Um, poor guy, he's, you know, his father passed away this week, Kaz. Uh, mm. So, yeah. yeah. Well wishes to Kaz. Absolutely. Yeah. Best wish out there to Kaz. Uh, I really enjoyed this promo as well. I like this idea yeah. of him hunting down every single member of the elite, seemingly starting with Gallows and Anderson, like those are his first targets. So mm. I'm I'm all for I'm all for main event Kaz. I'm, I'm totally in for it. I'm all for TNT title Kaz. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and after that, because we already covered the main event, we got uh, another one of the highlights of the show. Definitely. Miro came out to cut a promo to thank Jesus Christ for protecting him <laughs> and for giving him the strength to destroy people. Miro, oh, oh my no. God, just give the man <laughs> a mic, put him out there for five minutes every week. It's, it's oh better God. than a squash match. Him with a it microphone. Made, oh, it made me laugh so much. Like, I'd like to thank Jesus Christ for protecting me. <laughs> <laughs> he made me laugh. And then Archer, like Lance Archer comes out with Jake the Snake being like, hey man, you can't go out there, you can't go out there, man. And Lance Archer goes out and be like, you know, I, I, I was a beast in AEW long before you were. I was a beast in AEW while you were still trying to have a day to yourself. And Archer's like, do you know what? I'm really looking forward to double or nothing. I'm looking forward to us just getting in the ring and just beating everyone up and just like beating each other up. I think it's going to be really fun. But Mira's like, I ain't got time for you. You say that everybody dies? Yeah. You're going to be the first one to die. I thought it was some really, really good stuff in this. I'm, I think this is going to be a proper meaty man match, and I'm all in for it. Uh, also, the line to Jake the Snake Roberts: "Not all the yoga in the world is going to save you." <laughs> God, he is. It's like he's been perfecting the art of trash talk on Twitch for a year just for this. I'm so glad yeah. we're finally getting like the, the full version of Miro. This was the Miro we all wanted nine months ago. So yeah. better late than never. Uh, and it was announced Miro's going to face Dante Martin, 20-year-old <laughs> Dante Martin next well, that Friday. Going long. <laughs> or will it? Will it? Will he just, just murder someone on TV for 10 minutes? Uh, I, I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait. Um, but overall, yeah, I thought this was... There's not much to talk. Usually with the big AEW shows, there's like amazing things to talk about. But the things I liked here were were mostly small bits. It was Miro's promo. It was Caster's rap. It was, you know, good in-ring action, but there always is on Dynamite. So I gave this three out of five. Yeah, I would have given it three out of five as well, but you and I appear to be out of step once again. Mm. Uh, four out of five, wow. 55% gave it a four out of five on our community tab, and 22% giving it a middle of the road three out of five, 15% saying it was a five out of five all elite show. So yeah, you and I, man, I feel like we are just out of step with a lot of the, uh, the chat as of late. Yeah, well... 
people, people, the Khan coin reaches far and wide. Yeah, we will, like I said, if you weren't here earlier, we won't be doing the next uh, two weeks at least of AEW Dynamite reviews because it's moving to a different time, but we will be here next week for the predictions. Hey, in the meantime, if you're without something to listen to, how about become a pledge hammer on Patreon because me and Luke review TNA Sacrifice 2008 tomorrow. My God, is that a bad show? Thanks for choosing yeah. it, Patreons. <laughs> Yeah, our patrons seem to really like it when we get a bad show that we just we don't enjoy watching. And this was a bad show that we did not enjoy watching. We had a fun time reviewing it, though, mm. including me finding forum posts that I made in 2008 about this show, which I got to read out. We discovered them while we were recording. I didn't pre-plan any of it. And I got to read them like in and react to it in real time uh, from 13 years ago. 22-year-old Luke Owen talking about wrestling online oh it's it's a time it very is also main event kaz kaz was in the main event of that show yeah no one wanted him there <laughs> bless him hey that's that's, that's, that's not my words the words of luke owen from 2008 <laughs> on the smart marks it forum. Is. genuinely is i'm like yeah it doesn't belong in the main event though does he <laughs> these guys will never make it all these young small indie guys luke would write he wants the XWCW guys to be pushed more. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was writing on the Smart Marks forums in 2008. <laughs> so it's like, hey, Scott Steiner really should be in the main event of this show. He's the guy that deserves to be there. I was just all about Samoa Joe at that point. All about Samoa Joe. Well, you won't just get Wrestle Talk Extra, which should come out tomorrow. You also get, if you pledge $25 a month or more, a wrestling name and a shout out on this very show in our Hall of Fame. Thank you, Marcus He's got Soul Campbell. That's a football joke full of flavour. Sean Blanford. Infinite Crisis. Chris Jenkins. Hey now, you're an all-star. Chuck Turner. Just turned 20 the other day. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. That's Shrek, of course, not the song. Duncan. Just Duncan. Here comes money, Fred Buckland. Angelic, Angelo Mercado. Jordan, don't you dare call me Mountain, do you? Thomas O'Champa. The one and only Gabriel. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class on the uh, Thursday, the 20th of May, 2021, say it to my face, Riley Finlayson. Thank you very much for the cheap pops in the comments. Last call for Hyper Chats, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. We've got a lot, so let's get to these. Nick Corvello, who has four, a four part. Oh, he's hacked the system. He's paid one pound uh, a chat. The women's title build for the pay-per-view is such trash right now. Britt always gets the last word in, whether it's her constant promos or this quick match where it was basically just Rebel and Britt beating Sheeda down. It's making Sheeda look like a 
Chump. And it's reminiscent of Alexa Bliss versus Bailey from 2017, where Alexa just kept bullying and beating Bailey without any comeuppance. The only way this makes sense to end now is with Sheeta retaining and humbling Brit in story, because if Brit wins at this point, it's just going to be a complete burial of Sheeda. Now, I like Brit, but the booking of this feud has been so lopsided, and I'm afraid she's going to become another Charlotte Flair since she's never elevated her opponents after feuds. She's always the only one getting elevated, whether it's win or lose, and I'm saddened by the fact that the IWC doesn't see this because they're all on the Brit Baker Kool-Aid. Using IWC there, something me and Luke <laughs> in the audio podcast literally just said never gets said anymore. I know we were just talking about that because we were talking about the the term smark doesn't get used anymore, mm. which it did when I was on forums in two thousand uh, in the mid two thousands. Yeah, like it's. Uh, I mean, this, this happens a lot when a wrestler gets popular. It's just like they almost get they get too popular, and then people are like, "No, I'm done with it now. I want something else to be popular." And like this is now it's too popular. It's being too pushed. I, I I don't think the booking of this feud is great, but I don't think like like Britt Baker is the problem in, in any of this whatsoever. Nemo Toad, Serena Deeb is pretty great. How could you keep her as only a trainer? WWE. Uh, that New Japan belt is cursed. Osprey has had to vacate it from a neck injury. Never should have changed the design. Damn, yeah. God, it did that. I mean, consequ- uh, what's it? Uh, correlation or causation? Is it, mm-hmm. is it the title? Potentially. Stephen Guzman. Top tier show for me. Can't pick what popped me more. Max Caster calling Eddie a box of Newport cigarettes. And that Renee Young lying to Moxley. Or Mero going, thank you, Jesus Christ, for protecting. And thank you for giving me the strength and power to dominate all others. Uh, for me, it's the Renee line. Yeah, that was the one that popped me. Stephen Guzman again. Also got to mention Sean Spears slowly becoming my favourite member of the Pinnacle, loving how they're really portraying him as this violent man in the group. That promo he talked about drowning Sammy still gives me chills. Uh, Anthony Velasquez, four out of five show for me. I enjoyed everything, but the Cody programme is not good in my opinion, in your opinion. Also, I love that Sean Spears is literally the crazy SOB in the Pinnacle. Uh, Michael Dominguez, really into the Varsity Blondes versus Young Bucks, but it's angle more than match. Like how y'all criticize WWE if they have two single stars, Mox and Eddie, beat Young Bucks, it undermines all the great tag teams. Also, who cares about QT if AEW spent years saying he's nobody, he's the AEW Bob Holly. Have AEW spent years saying he's nobody? No, I don't think so. I don't think, that, I don't think that's fair uh, in terms of that. Also, like Mox and Eddie have been like a, t- a tag team they have been racking up tag team wins it's not like they just were two singles guys thrown together they're two singles guys with a lot of history who have tagged previously and are now tagging again and there's a storyline running into it from the whole elite feud as well jack nichols hey guys what bucky o'hare is bucky o'hare is cool thing am i what what am i doing wrong here no, no, it's fine. I mean, that is a very niche reference because that's a reference to my other podcast. Thank you very much for that, Jack. It's what me and Ash say. When we do like air quotes, we call them Bucky O'Hare's. Ah, very cool thing. Do you think Cody is going to do to make us cringe at Double or Nothing? I reckon he's going to sacrifice a goat while Arn Anderson smiles and nods for a minute. Anyway, thanks for your great content. Uh, yeah, he the is good old devil worshipping segment will be fun, wouldn't it? He is going to have an Apollo Creed entrance from Rocky Four. Like, and Tony Khan is spending Khan coin. He may even come out to living in America mm. and do the whole thing. If, if, but if that's the case, then I want Anthony Agogo 
to be the uh, the Ivan Drago in all of this. Oh, Kevin, A-E-double-R might be my favourite line of the entire episode. I don't remember that line. Oh no, that was so. That was when um, Anthony Bowen was getting into the ring after Matt Caster's promo because he always goes oh, like A E W, you know, like and like A E, and then they attacked him. It's like A E W. Nice, Nikolai Azapardi. Watching WWE Most Wanted Treasures is making it clear just how the Bucks are making their money back on those show- shoes by incorporating them into the storyline, making them collectors' items. What a smart hustle. Zach Harris, really not a fan of Mox's new entrance song. Original was great. I think Royal Blood Lights Out would be a perfect entrance song for Mox. Jungle Boy and Cassidy's are great, though. Also, Sammy Guevara heel turn at Double or Nothing. Uh, I don't see that. It's a, yeah, anything's I also possible. Agree. I also agree that Mox's <clears throat> original entrance song was better. And good shout out to Royal Blood there. Nate S. If you told me Eddie taking the Bucks shoes was a shoot, I believe it, lol. Really great episode of Dynamite. Serena Deeb is back and looks better than ever. Love the Miro Archer segment. Really looking forward to that match now. Sarah Sullivan. My dad's been having a rough time ever since my little brother passed oh, away. No. He's a massive boxing fan. And he, when he saw a go-go and heard Moxie's entrance song, he sat down with me and was smiling, asking questions along with the show. I love wrestling and AEW. That's a beautiful story. Uh, yeah. Abortion Reborn. Wonder if the acclaims rap were are written by Cena's ghostwriter, Esoteric. I find it, but they're all just written by Caster from what I can gather. Bacon Rasher. Hi, Luke and Ollie. I'd Oliver. <sighs> I don't get why Paige is paired with Sky. Think it would be better with Taz and Cage. Was uh, cool to see Paige help. Oh my God, are you trying to screw with my... Yeah, he's trying to, okay, he's trying he to is. trip you up here. It was cool to see Paige help Cage last night, and I hope for a Cage match of Paige and Cage versus Cage and Paige. P.S. <laughs> thoughts on Hit Row and NXT. Hashtag jam that intangible. I mean, you've just got to check out last week's review of the NXT podcast, because I was on that show, and I named it like the greatest faction of, of all time or something, because they are the best thing in NXT by leaps and bounds. Born to be wild, being embarrassed by patriotism is very relatable, Luke. I'm a German. I'm not proud of our country ever is literally all we do. Oh, except football, of course. Not a fan of Cody right now. Hope Anthony Agogo squashes him. Christopher Jazzcat, Pillman Jr. promo seemed really heartfelt. Got me into the match, hoping they could pull off the upset. Omega and Callis as corporate, pretending to care about Orange Cassidy was too real. Next, they'll throw a pizza party instead of paying him overtime. Uh, new punk rants. I'm into a go-go and Cody. I just see a go-go as a face. I don't. I don't know. Dark elevation and dynamite are all I watch. So I'm into everything to some degree or another. I'm invested like I was during WCW. Also, very Morales is my new Hooventude. He's great. Uh, Phantom FTW. A go-go gut punches Cody. He then grabs his hand in pain. Cody lifts his shirt, revealing. <laughs> The American flag. What's harder <laughs> than the con? No, it should be the the Constitution. <laughs> it should be the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Very good. Oh God, I love that so much. Uh, Jamie Villegas says, uh, "What do you think of AEW bringing in another secondary title?" So much talent lets them give another chance for some gold. A light heavyweight X Division title. Have um, Guevara be the inaugural champion with Sabian, Starks, Penta, Phoenix challenging Jam that Jam. Not everything needs to be over a title. You can just feud over other things. However, they've got another show. I think that would warrant it. 
And plus, are they going to rename the TNT title now that they're moving to TBS? No. Cool. Phantom FTW full gear. Mox wins the match, but it got and uh, but uh, but not his friend back. Revolution. Mox loses the match, but gains his friend. Double or nothing. Mox with his friend wins the match. It's like poetry. Michael Pellegrini, if Cody does not come out to Team America World Police, that we riot. Great show. I wish the blondes won for some unpredictability on this show. Was it ever in doubt that the Bucks would lose? Would it make for a great story if they chased the belts before double or nothing? I don't know. Just they're just gonna have to win them back next week. Too early. Uh, yeah, dried chicken without flavor. I'm predicting Kenny Omega will recreate the Shawn Michaels Playboy cover pose with all the gold around him. Abortion Reborn. I don't know if we all want Hangman to kick out the one-winged angel, but I think it's more impactful to have Kang, uh, Hangman kick out of it and re to retain, not win the title. Oh, I don't think so. I think the, the biggest pop possible is, is to win. Now, yes, if Cody really wants to pop and be cheered, uh, he should he shouldn't come out to the national anthem. He should come out to Common Man Boogie, since he's the one not only he's the American Dream, one of my favorite wrestling themes ever. He's just a common man. Abortion <laughs> reborn. I've cracked it, gents. No Phoenix match. No five star. It's simple. Sarah Sullivan. I'm going to be very controversial. I ain't digging the bucks. I understand they're incredibly talented, but their matches are weird ref spots and silly. Kind of like the lightsaber fights in the prequels. Cool looking, but a bit much. Hangman hunk. That's a great comparison of spot-filled matches. Yeah, I can... Huh, never thought about it like that. Uh, genetic Ghost. Kenny had three objectives since turning heel. Get the AEW championship, turn the Bucks dark side with him and start collecting belts. Thinking about Kenny's character at this point, he's treating the Bucks like accessories to complete his look. Genetic uh, Ghost has some fantastic character takes. He really does. Dried chicken without flavor. WWE said AEW blood and guts set the business back 30 years. WWE at Backlash. Hold my beer with some zombies. Some stupid punk said Fozzy is going on tour in a month. Write Jericho for having him almost killed at Stampede. Break up the inner circle who are demoralized without Jericho. Keep loyal Sammy ta targeting them at All Out. Bring Jericho back to save Sammy and blow off the feud. Not a bad shout, actually. Yeah, like you were saying about like, you know, killing him off effectively. Could be a way to get him off so that he can go do the tour. I didn't know the Fozzy were touring, actually. So that makes, yeah, that, that should tie into something. Uh, the Zornies, you should absolutely watch the Acclaim's rap on Evel, uh, Elevation around 34 minutes, 20 seconds. I love the episode for its amount of young talent on it. Basti Blunt's Acclaimed, Hook, Ricky, uh, Red Velvet, Darby. Didn't even need Jungle Boy to lower the average age. <laughs> Dry Chicken without flavor. Here's a booking idea. The Pinnacle win Stadium Stampede. The Inner Circle breaks up. Jericho and MGF continue the feud. They build their singles match at All Out. Jericho wins. Inner Circle come back. If MGF wins, Jericho has to retire. I don't think you want to go backwards for the inner circle. And I don't think you want Jericho to retire yet. Dean Barretton, Miro is a joy to listen to more, please. Looking forward to the big burly bastard match uh, versus Archer. Thought this episode was slightly flat. Really want Cody to come out to team uh, to the Team America music at the pay-per-view. Just think about it. Uh, Genetic Ghost, maybe this will be another hot take. Sorry for all the uh, ultra chats, uh, but it's the elite interpersonal stuff that gets me thinking about this every day. Been watching a lot of 2018 BTE, and so much of what happened there is playing into what's happening now. That is fascinating stuff. Yeah, I wish they, they they should. I mean, they really should take those clips and put them on Dynamite in some kind of video package. 
Uh, Christopher Jazzcat wanted to send some love to Osprey. It really sucks that he got so badly injured. Having to vacate the belt he worked so hard for so many years must be heartbreaking. Wishing him a speedy and full recovery. Yes, indeed. If you haven't seen, by the way, Will Ospreay suffered a neck injury on the 4th of May and he has had to vacate the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, which just sucks. CM Chris. Hello, Luke and Mr. Davis. Gutted about Will Ospreay having to vacate the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship due to a neck injury. Also, another very fun dynamite. I give it a high four out of five. AEW is so much fun. Shout out to Carol. Love her loads. Sweet. Uh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Hey, Luke and Ollie. I hope you're doing well. I guess it's time for the annual question. Are you ready for Eurovision? UK is the favourite I've heard. Yes, I am. I'm going around my friend's house because it's legally okay. And we're going to have a Eurovision party. I am. Um, I was just, I was loading up the Wikipedia page then to see if, like the, the favourite last year was, I can't wait to know. What do you think about things? And I was looking to see if that is the entry again. And I kind of, I don't even know what country <laughs> it's for, but it's a banging tune that I, I generally do listen to quite a lot. And I I hope it's in again because I think it will win because it's such a good song. But uh, really, it's all it's, it's all political these days, isn't it? I don't even know why we'd bother going over. We're gonna get destroyed. It's gonna be so much fun <laughs> because because we, we Brexited the hell out of Europe. They are oh, oh yeah. that nil point. I want I want zero points across the board. It's gonna be so funny. Well, it's it's, it's all just political these days, isn't it? It's never been political before yes. Brexit. I'd say. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat, glad to see you back, Mr. Davis. I would have honestly been heartbroken if Denise tried to blow you up. D Denise is the best babyface on Wrestle Talk, and a heel turn would be devastating. Uh, I don't know if you're trying to spell Denise wrong. Denise, am I missing something? Nope. Yep. No, no, I think that's just incorrect spelling, but it's absolutely fine. Cool. Uh, Denise is done nice twice. Dar Train 24, there are plenty of Americans who are embarrassed to be American, especially since the presidential race of 2016. I would cheer somebody who had another flag for that reason. Ollie, how are you enjoying your new cheeks? They're soft. LV Emerald, I wasn't planning on sending anything, but Luke's working wine line is worth the fiver. Also, as a half black, half white American, Stars and Stripes Cody versus a person of colour heel <laughs> also makes me uncomfortable. Sorry, Dream. Love you guys. Love AEW. Cheers. But LV, Cody solved it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what more you want. Dried chicken without flavor. Can I get a too sweet and a kawaii? Yes, you can. Dried chicken without flavor again. Luke Owen, can you give a shout out to Private Party and tell them this ain't water? What you drinking? This ain't. Uh, I'm drinking uh, cherries and berry squash from Sainsbury's. Scotty Child, Mr. Davis, did you transplant your hair from your big hairy balls? No, it was my gooch. Loving the show has really cheered me up as I've been kicking leukemia's ass this year. Well done, yes, Scotty. Scotty. Well done. Give every get everybody give Scotty some fist bump in, in the chat. Fist bump emojis. Nayless, you guys missed some long-term booking with the intangible storyline. What's a storyline? Back on Quizzlemania after Retribution debuted, Luke's retribution name was Splosion. Ollie, just fist Luke and team up already. Jeez. Yeah, okay. You'd like I need a tag partner. I'm not. I'm gonna gonna see who else is out there. Uh, and finally, for now, Jan Wonkowski, loving AEW still. I imagine if Crockett Promotions were to book for Attitude Era, uh, this is what it would have been like. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, 
and Dean Breton, any chance we can get Mr. Davis to verbally put down a dog like on the Raw Review? Great stuff. Charles hasn't sent one in, has he? No, it's only for Raw because Raw's not a good show to review. So he sends us in like uh, a reward yes. for us. Poor, but like yeah. AEW, we don't get one. <clears throat> well, thank you very much for everybody joining us here today. We nearly, nearly stuck to an hour. Um, but also go over and check out Wrestling GM, which is the wrestling fantasy booking virtual gm game the links in the video description below it's really really fun and also go over to wrestle talk and watch the wrestle talk news from earlier today now you wanted to reserve this aew podcast to address some of the uh things that i brought up on the raw podcast mm. about my my television and also some of my uh, oh, hot takes that I've got on Game of Thrones as I'm now in the movie. I'm now four episodes into season six. So season seven's the last one. Season six, interestingly, is where the TV show surpasses in terms of it overtakes, not in any quality version, but it runs out of source material, written source material. So the showrunners are now working off of bullet points that George R. R. Martin has written down for them. And I think that immediately becomes evident because they rush through everything. Is that the, you know, like usually it would take a whole series to get from one end of the, of Westeros to the other, but now it happens in half an episode. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I, I think that I thought about that in an episode last night. My, my bigger thing I've got with it is that, uh, without going into any spoilers, because I didn't have anything spoiled for me, so I don't think it would be fair for me to just start spouting out any uh, spoilers when you're not expecting them. If you are anticipating to try and like watch it yourself, which I'd broadly recommend, um, is that there is a there is a moment in a season which is it's a big turning point for the show. I would say where uh, a lot of main characters uh, are no longer with us, shall we say? He's saying and, Red Wedding, right? I think we yeah, can yeah. say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, and, and a lot of characters die there. A lot of main characters die there. And it was like this big <gasps> moment where it's like, oh, wow, like they killed off all these main characters. I would argue they killed off interest um, uh, because the sh it's a show of um, of setting things up and then never paying them off and then setting mm. up other things instead and then never paying those off either. I, I think the show is narratively unsatisfying and incredibly repetitive because it does the same shtick over and over again. And The Red Wedding sets a precedent that the show cannot keep up with, which is this, you've now got to kill off a main character because that's what people are going to be talking about. So you have to keep doing this and you have to keep doing this. But the show doesn't really want to because the thing with the main characters is they're interesting. So they have to keep killing off interesting characters and then the boring ones survive. So the point when, the, at the end of season five, they kill off a character, but that character was really interesting and quite integral. So like the next episode, they're just like, ah, he's just back to life again. And, and it's just like out of nowhere, they're just like, yeah, actually, we're, we're just going to bring that character back to life. Um, rendering, I would argue, all of the other deaths a bit naff now, because as you can make the argument, like, oh, why, why don't we just do that for all those other ones then? Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, I think in the case that that most recent death you're talking about, there is justification for it. There is that storyline thing, but I, I, it's poorly handled. And ultimately, I think it was a, you know, it's not the best version of what they could have done. 
Um, but hearing you say those things there, narratively unsatisfying, repetitive, people go away just to come back, no selling major injury angles, just an episode later. Doesn't that sound like pro wrestling? Doesn't it? Specifically just? Monday Night Raw. Yeah, there's just like loads of stuff that just gets set up. And there's like, so Joffrey, everyone's like, oh, Joffrey's like the greatest character. But like, really, there's three Joffreys in the show. There's actually like, he is not unique into himself because there's another king who's exactly the same as him. And like Littlefinger is now with another king of the Vale who is exactly like Joffrey as well. So it's just like no. multiple versions of them. Yeah, they just like to torture people. And that's what Joffrey was all about. And like, so he's just, they're a king who just likes to torture people. The way they get to the torturing's different, I would argue. <laughs> it's a different kind of torture. Um, so yeah, that is, those are my hot takes on Game of Thrones currently. But unfortunately, we're out of time, so you can't even get, you can't even address them. Once again. You we'll do this we'll every to, day. We'll have to do this on Monday Night Raw. Get in touch with the support at WrestleTalk.com. I'll be back tomorrow with the Friday Magazine Show with Denise Salcedo. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.